Peter Harris, thank you very much indeed for talking to the Cambridge Judge Business School podcast series today. As co-founder of that national and internationally renowned name, Hotel Chocolat, can you tell us a little bit about how your business story started? I believe I have to mention Mint's. Yes, um, we start, Angus Thelwell and I started the business about uh, 1987 um, and our first product was corporate mints. We were selling mints to businesses and typically the businesses were times uh, top 1,000 top, uh, and uh, that's where we started. It was a single product company, um, very straightforward on the face of it, um, but it gave us tremendous focus and enabled us to... Uh, you know, start the ball rolling. And, and you, you know, your friends, your parents, your family all said, but you're leaving secure jobs to sell mints? I know, it's, it was funny because we were in the high-tech business before and um, my mother-in-law said to me, um, so you're going to um, sell mints, How, how's that going to pay the mortgage? And that just about summed it up. And when it came to setting up your first shop, because your technology company was based in, in the Cambridge area, you didn't want to set up the first shop in Cambridge either? Well, no, this is, you've fast-forwarded there to 2003, um, 2004, where we set up our first shop, in, and this was our pilot store in Watford. And uh, the reason for that was that we wanted it to be off-patch. We, we just thought that if we set it up in Cambridge... Um, people may feel sorry for us and buy, and maybe our friends and family buying for us, and it wouldn't give us a correct reading to be able to work out whether the business was going to be successful or not. Well, let's go back to the basics of those very <clears throat> first years then, uh, with Angus Thurwell. You told a story of, of how you thought it was not good if friends became business partners, but good if business partners became friends and colleagues. Why is that? I think that if you try and set up a business with a friend you've automatically got a different relationship as the lead relationship. Whereas if you have someone you've only met through business, you've already set up a business relationship and then you can have a friendship on top of that. And I think that it's a recipe for disaster if friends start businesses. You talked about setting up your your first shop, and indeed in in Watford and, and out of the patch. But when you set it up as a business model, you set it up as a separate company, didn't you? Why? We set up um, the, the, the first Hotel Chocolat store as a separate company because we were taking on some quite big legal commitments, in other words, the lease. Um, and we didn't want to um, take the risk of, if that was a failure, we didn't want that to damage the original mail-order business. And uh, it, was, it was just really being very sensible with the... Um, limited liability um, um, a, a situation you can st- have with a separate company. It's not very difficult. You can set up a company for £35 in half an hour, so why not? But that's been your business model. Was that a hard decision to take, to, to move out of mail order, to move away from the internet and said, well, right, we'll set up a shop, we'll, we'll set up a retail chain? We had a, quite a lot of fear when we set up the first shop and... Uh, it was quite an expensive exercise and we weren't retailers and we didn't ask retailers to tell us how to do it. We just did it our own way and uh, we took on a very good designer and we just used our own ideas to um, establish the business. Um, and the first, when we opened the doors on that first day, Angus and I stood outside that shop in Watford and looked in amazement as people walked out of the shop with carrier bags having just bought our, our 
new chocolates. Now, now setting up that first retail outlet, and I believe the second one was at Milton Keynes, so, which has been a very successful store for you, so people can drive by and come in off, off the M1. But funding, uh, you very much believe in incubating your own ideas, don't you? So keeping control of your business means that you can develop it as you want. Yeah, I mean, I mean we have um, many business ideas. In fact, we have probably more business ideas than um, we can actually put into action. But I think with business ideas, you've got to give them space and you can't get them, um, uh, if you like, dragged down by administration, excessive costs. And in a way, having, a, um, peop- having businesses within our own business that can share the resources that are there is a very powerful way of allowing those businesses to develop. And it means, effectively, they can um, be allowed to make losses in the early period, um, just, if you like, funded by the people around them. Now, frugality seems very much uh, a philosophy that you clung to in your early days. You talked about how you um, uh, shared a car, you didn't take any salary for the first nine months, you didn't set up with a big, glitzy office. Is that a business model for others to adopt? Absolutely. I think it's, um, it's very good. It's, um, it's when you start from a very low base, it makes it very easy. And, and I was no less happy when I didn't have a car or didn't have a smart office or didn't have smart office furniture. It was absolutely fine. And I think, it's, it's, I, I think every new business should consider doing it that way. Now, we've gone from mints to, to, to chocolates and, and I believe, you know, we haven't told that lovely little story of how actually you were selling mints, but then someone said, well, could you give us a box of four chocolates? And you went away. And as opposed to being in the technology business, I think within two weeks you, you realised you could manufacture hundreds of thousands. Yeah, no, I mean, it was interesting that um, we could develop a product quite quickly because we knew how to make a mock-up of this box of chocolates. And we were then able to show it to someone who'd expressed interest in that. And very quickly, we were able to get an order. And then our, our job was to find out how we could actually make that. But it, it, was, it was quite a straightforward task. You know, we had to have a chocolate supplier. And we had to have someone to make the boxes. And then we had a little team of people um, working away in the background, packing the chocolates. Well, that was another philosophy of yours, love your customers, because you were very much following the demand of your customers by diversifying from mints into chocolates. That's right. I mean, I think if you have a good relationship with your customers and actually listen to the customers and respect them and love them, um, it makes life much easier because, you know, it's mutual. They like you and I think people genuinely like like doing business with us. So you've gone from mints to chocolates to funding to setting up retail stores and then another large leap, manufacturing manufacturing. And, and, you know, you're one of the biggest manufacturers in the Huntington area now. How did that come about? Well, I mean, it was, it, it was one of those things where we were actually packing our own chocolates um, up to that point, but not manufacturing anything. And we just realised that the, our passionate um, European suppliers, and that includes England, um, were unable to keep up with the demand for the chocolates that we wanted. And we feared that if we kept growing at the same sort of speed that we would have supply problems. So that was one of the, one of the reasons that we felt that uh, manufacturing was a good option. And when we put our toe in the water and started to make um, a small number of our products, um, it sort of took the fear away and we realised we could do it. 
and um, so it gave us the appetite to then expand that manufacturing facility. And, and making it in liquid tanks, there's no loss of quality? Absolutely not. I mean, the, the quality of our chocolates is better than ever. I mean, in fact, the chocolates now are fresher than they've ever been. Then there was some role reversal in your uh, business relationship with Angus Thurwell. Um, you are usually the cautious one. He's usually the more gung-ho one. But when it came to sort of uh, buying this plantation in St. Lucia, uh, you visited, you read a book about the, the history of it and chocolate making, and then you said, go for it. Yeah, it was one of those slightly strange moments where when um, Angus and I went out to see this cocoa plantation in St. Lucia, um, I saw it, and literally the first day I said to Angus, look, we've just got to have this, and the roles were reversed because he said, no, no, we, we've just got to look at it and make sure it's the best one, and, uh, but by the end of the week we bought it. Now, I know that you've got these 33 retail shops. Uh, you've got a, a turnover of 52 million, and you're hoping to, to double that and to have 70 shops in the UK uh, eventually. But one of the things you've done is open 10 of those retail outlets in the last nine months, expanding during a recession. Why? Well, it's interesting because we, our model um, has been very resilient. We haven't suffered very badly in the recession. In fact, um, our sales have been very, uh, very, very good. Um, we just uh, saw that the, the um, offer we had to our customers of good, affordable, luxury chocolate um, has been very, very, very good. And so we just saw opportunities with the retail landlords. Um, rents softened dramatically. Um, the, the uh, fact that rates are payable on empty shops meant that landlords with empty shops really wanted to find tenants. And uh, so we've managed to uh, profit and benefit from that period, which, which is a reverse from the previous period when landlords had the upper hand. Now, you're one of the most successful outlets of your kind in Europe. You've got a web presence in America too. This expanding during the recession... Isn't that what the great companies did? We just see that we're single-minded in, in, in our development of the business, and if we think the time is right, we'll do it. And, you know, we've proved ourselves right in the last nine months opening these ten shops. They're doing very well. We've got no hesitation to open another ten shops this year. So, you know, we'll roll with it. We're very happy. And let's get back to that philosophy of loving your customers. How important are those 100,000 chocolate tasting club members? They're very important. I mean, they, these are people that um, they, they love what we do. They love the chocolates that we supply them. Um, they love the relationship with us. And uh, it's, it's absolutely a, a fundamental part of our business that we have a good relationship with our customers. And that's not just on the tasting club, but also through the shops and through the mail order side. Now, looking back, just finally, of when you set up this business with Angus Thurwell, did you ever think it would grow to the extent it was, your passion, your commitment, your frugality, your desire to expand at the right moments too? Can you pinpoint anything of which you think, well, we never would have been able to achieve it and, and our success is down to? I mean, I think when you start your own business, you have visions of, the th of what, where you'd like it to get to. But I, I can honestly say I didn't think it would get to as big as it's become. Um, and I think it's about setting horizons at realistic levels and reaching those. But it's funny, it's like um, children grow growing up. You don't notice it yourself. But when someone visits, they say, oh, hasn't he grown? And so when I show people around the business now who saw it, say, 
five or ten years ago, they tell me how it used to be, and it's a very similar, similar experience. But finally, just being complimented by a partner like Angus Thurwell, is that the secret of success, the fact that, that you are, in a way, opposites that attract and you can bounce off one another? I think it's, if you have a good business partner, and, and I think Angus and our relationship is a good one, um, then one and one makes three. So I think you do get um, a significantly um, better start. Whereas if you're on your own, you have to keep re-motivating yourself. And I think um, our resilience has been proven by our track record. Peter Harris, co-founder of Hotel Chocolat. Thank you very much indeed for talking to the Cambridge Judge Business School podcast series today. Thank you very much indeed. I'm uh, delighted that you invited me.